0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you. People are awake out there. Uh, my name is Jake. Uh, I work here at the church, and I have the pleasure of the opportunity to share with you guys this morning. Um, this is my first time not using a, a laptop or anything, and I've got myself a nice little pulpit here, so I'm very, feeling very authoritative and, and uh, cool. I'm also, also going to be flipping through the Bible a lot, too, so I think that's kind of strategic. You get time when you're flipping pages to think. Anyway. Um, why don't we just open up in prayer before I before I jump into it? If you want to turn to, uh, I, I think I'll start from First Peter chapter two. If you want to turn there, if you have your Bibles with you, and I'll just open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we we praise you and thank you this morning. We thank you that uh, we were created with a purpose. We thank you that uh, we have access in a way to finding deep fulfillment and, and eternal life in you. That we can find this this joy and this hope realized in you and 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 to be made clean. We thank you that we live in a country where we can speak about this openly, we can praise you openly and learn from your word openly. We thank you for this opportunity this morning. And Father, I pray that you would come and that you would teach us. Your word says that there's only one teacher, so I pray that you'd come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so my topic this morning is uh, I'm going to be te- teaching about our identity in Jesus. Um being a Christian, you, you, you surrender your life to Jesus. He, he, he died on the cross to take away the sins that got in the way of our ability to be in relationship with God. Why, we're, why we were created was for relationship with God. You know, life is something bigger than just this 100-year existence where you kind of try and make the best of it. You know, we're actually, every person in this room is an eternal being. And every person in this room was created in the image of God for relationship with God. That's really spacey and, and, and insane, but it, it's pretty cool, too. And, and what got in the way, why Jesus needed to come, what got in the way of our ability to, to exist in that relationship from our created purpose is something called sin. You guys have, you guys have all heard about sin, I'm pretty sure. And it's, it's, I have heard it, like, the simplest way I know how to describe it is just this debt that we owe God. It's, it's this debt for, for us basically transgressing. Like We do bad things. We transgress the law, right? So when we, when we do that, when we sin, we take life from other people, we take life from ourselves, we, we hurt other people, we, we hurt God in the sense of that relationship, we kind of damage that relationship, and we're kind of separated from him because of that, and, and we, we hurt his kids, right? Everybody's created in the image of God, we're all his children, so when you hurt other people, you're kind of, you're kind of hurting his family too, right? So we kind of all owe this debt to him, and, and, and Jesus needed to take that away from us to restore us to the truth of why we were created, to be able to exist in that fully it's not just this system where you try and make sure that your works are, you know, kind of in like a positive ratio, right? Like maybe if I'm just, you know, I haven't done that much bad stuff. I'm not as bad as that other person, right? It's that whole conversation is just kind of a, an inadequate way to look at it. Like the fullness of what we were created for, it has to be restored by something supernatural. We don't have it in and ourselves to do it. We've, we've all sinned and kind of messed up. You know how people say no one's perfect. We all kind of understand that. So the good news is the reason we're dwelling in the year of the Lord's favor is that, is that Jesus came and made that way possible. Okay, so he made that way. So what he does on the cross is he says, I'm offering you a way to, to, to do away with all that sin and that brokenness. Every, bad, every mistake, every person you've hurt, every bad thing you've spoken, like you, you've, you haven't done too much that Jesus is saying, oh, that's too far. You haven't done too much. You, you can be restored to, to more than you could ask or imagine. No, no, my, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has in store for those who love him. You can be restored to that. You can, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing. Like I know this is a lot of like religious language, and it, it might sound like completely unattainable to you, but it, it really is the truth. There's a lot of people in this room that will attest to the fulfillment they found in Christ that they were not able to find anywhere else like i think i think we all kind of understand that we're that we're kind of subconsciously searching for something like there's these little blips and moments in life where you're like what am i really doing right like i'm kind of always looking for the next thing i want to be you know i want to look better or maybe if i get this next thing that'll make me feel good or maybe that'll make me feel content and i think we all subconsciously realize that right we've all heard these famous quotes from guys like jim carrey who have gotten it all. They've been rich. They've gotten everything they could possibly want. All the money in the world, and they, and they arrive at this place where they're like, I still don't have it. There's something deeper, right? We're all on the same page that we know that we're searching for something, and 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 you can find that even even today. Like it's 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 alive. God is alive and living. So on that cross, he 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 separates you from everything you've done wrong, and it says in um, Second Corinthians. Um, that he, he who knew no sin became our sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So that's something that's really hard to grasp. And that's what I'm talking about this morning is who you become when you surrender your life to Christ. Because that, like I said, that's available to you. And when you say, okay, God, take my life. I need this forgiveness. I, I, I want to dwell in relationship with you. I want to I have that new life. I want to talk about who you become, and the reason I want to talk about that is because I mentioned First Peter chapter two. So let's look there. It's First Peter chapter two, verse nine. Okay, this is just a small example. It says, uh, "You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession." So this is a letter to a church after Jesus rose again from the grave. After that happened, Christian like. Jesus is alive today, and he starts filling people, and those are called Christians, right? You're, you're a Christian, and there's churches of them gathered all over the world, and First and Peter is a letter to them, and he's affirming who they are because of what Christ did. He said, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. They aren't that because of the goodness of their own works. They're, they've been made that way because of Christ in them. Christ became their sin, and they became the righteousness of God. That's what makes them a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And there's, there's nothing different about us today. When you surrender your life to Christ, you become this. And the Bible talks about who you are because of what Jesus did so much that it's incredible. This is what I wanted to share this morning is that when the Bible talks about something so consistently and so frequently, it's just kind of a sign that there's something important here. There's a reason that it keeps getting repeated. There's a reason that in so many of the letters in the New Testament to these churches, it's filled with just affirmation of about who you are because of what Jesus did who you've been made as this new creation in Christ, this new life that you're born again into. Um, there's, uh, so I brought these sheets. Um, there's a lot of verses. I didn't count them, but I've, got, I've probably got four or five pages of sheets that are just a compilation of verses affirming and explaining who you are when you give your life to Christ, who you are as that new creation, and really identifying with that. And I, I printed them off, and I want you guys to take them home so if you 're not a paper person i 'm going to put them in the newsletter, okay, so you can get them digitally, but take a look at this like just dwell on this stuff this is it 's unbelievable the language first or, or sorry Colossians one verse twenty two you are holy and blameless in his sight like when i when I go through my week i don 't know if I look back at my week and I think, oh man, I was holy and blameless this week. Boy, was I ever holy and blameless you know here 's another one ezekiel thirty six um, verse twenty six and twenty seven, I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a, uh, a heart of flesh. I don't know about you guys, but when I go through my week, I don't know if what comes out of my heart I always like it feels pure and holy. You know what I'm saying? Like I think sometimes if you guys saw my thoughts, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> who gave this guy a microphone at church? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, there's something that I'm not understanding. There's there's But it's important. It's it's not just one verse that, you know, maybe you can interpret it this way. It's laced through the Bible. This is who you are. You have to understand what's been done in Jesus. You have to understand what's passed away and what that really means. And there's kind of this gray area that I think is rooted in a lie that I've been locked in. And and I wanted to speak about it this morning because I think if you're a Christian in this room, you probably know what I'm talking about where it's just this gray area of, am I still loved by God? You know, when you go through your week and you think bad stuff you make mistakes you know we all stumble and stuff like sometimes it puts into question something that's meant to be just firm and rooted and and that shakiness that gray area was never meant to exist there's the reason that this is hammered home in the in in the gospel is because we need to be rooted firmly in it and and I'm I'm speaking from as a person that's that's really not firmly rooted in it but I'm learning I'm learning that's what I'm speaking about this morning I'm just kind of sharing my notes here you know what I mean I want to, if you guys can turn to Romans chapter 6. I'm going to read a longer ish passage from that. Um, I'm going to start in verse 5. Romans 6, verse 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing When you, when you say, Jesus, take my life, when you repent and you say, God, I, I need to live this, he takes all that stuff and, and, he, and you're crucified with him. Your old self dies with him. And if, you have, if we have united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So you're, you're not just, you don't just die to yourself and live life as this empty shell kind of hoping that we get to heaven and hoping you don't mess up because you might lose it. You, you, you reign in life in Christ. We are more than conquerors in Christ. And that's what's shaky. You know, that's, what, that's what's not meant to be shaky. But I think that that's rooted in that lie of just, where's the security in this? How can, where's the peace that passes understanding that guards my heart if it's conditional? Like, doesn't that just sound conditional? You know, what we have to understand is that Jesus forgives us for our sin. And we kind of live in that forgiveness, what you're born again into is this new life that you, that you walk with Christ. You're not born again into a static state. Does that make sense? You're born again into a journey. There's something that's been done, and there's a process that you're in as a Christian. It's Hebrews uh, 10, 14. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So there's something that's past tense and there's something that's active. You've been perfected and you're being sanctified. Those are connected. It's those who have been perfected that are being sanctified. They're, that's who you are. You've been perfected in Christ. The, all the old stuff has passed away with him and you're now living that journey with him. So in that journey, you're becoming, that's what being sanctified means. It's this journey of becoming more Christ-like. It's this journey of, of having your heart's desires changed so that you're not turning back to sin. You're learning to walk and live and reign in life with Christ. Where that where that shakiness, that gray area really poisons us is that we're not free to walk. How are you free from sin if you're always afraid that if I stumble this week, it's almost like God's, you know, frustrated and all we have to start all over again, you know. But the, the reality is that You just turn to him and he he takes it away from you already. Like he's, you dwell, if if Christ forgave you once, you're not like approaching your forgiveness limit. You know what I mean? Like he didn't forgive you for everything in the past and now you've got this quota of a hundred more sins. You know what I mean? And he's kind of getting frustrated. Like there's something in this that needs to be rooted and secure. And and, and that's my life is, I don't know how many times I've sung that song. I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God and I'm kind of wishing that but I was no longer a slave to fear. Like when Jesus looks, when God looks down at his kids, he is so done with seeing them controlled by fear. That's how I think he feels about me and about a lot of us in the room. That he's so, there was meant to be a security in what Christ did that the devil attacks and tries to poison. He, he, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. That's not his spirit. He has not given us a spirit of confusion, but of peace. That's the work of his spirit. That's how he speaks in parents' his kids. That's how he speaks to them. So all I know is that this is something that's, that's, that's transformed by God. This isn't something that um, in my experience happened immediately, but this needs to be revealed to us that that we are children of God, that we're not just sinners who have been forgiven. That's that's another way that we kind of articulate that lie is that oh I, you know I'm always going to sin. I'm just a sinner that's been forgiven. There's a way in which you're actually kind of agreeing that you'll you'll you're always doomed to to repeat when you say that about yourself. You're a sinner that's saved by grace, born again to be a son or a daughter of God. That there, there's you you you're a you're a son. You're a daughter. You're not just someone that's been forgiven and, and God's kind of like really hoping you'll never mess up again. There's, there's, there's just a disconnect there. And in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to the ways of this world. Let me, let me, that's off memory. Let me actually read it here. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Our minds need to be transformed. The love of God has no fear in it. Some of us have been taught to fear God and it's really it's about reverence and some people are very resistant when you try and display it like that. But let me just reason with you here that it's it's an ext- it's an extreme reverence and we use the word fear but it's the same thing is true that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and self-control. He forgave you knowing that you would need to stumble. He he forgave you knowing that the life you would need to walk out you're going to you're going to mess up and make mistakes. And and he doesn't want you to be controlled by that. One of the greatest problems with the insecurity of that is that we spend our whole life focused on sin and not on the new life that God has birthed us again to live. We're always focused on this insecurity of, I've been forgiven, but if I mess up this week, I I think I have to restart. Like, Like God just wants me to, all he wants me to do is buckle down and make sure that I don't do this. And all of a sudden, all our mind is looking at is that corpse that died with Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 dead. It's 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 not even a part of your consciousness anymore. In Hebrews 10 I got to flip again. I believe it's 17. Hebrews 10:17, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Sometimes I spend my whole life thinking and worrying about stuff that God's already forgotten. He will remember their sins and deeds no more. And for some reason, we get it in our head that that's all we need to focus on, is not messing up. The whole point of that freedom in Christ is so that we don't have to, we can dwell in peace. We're freed from it. We don't have to be focusing on that. We can live loved. Like, I'm, I, I, I really, I'm really convinced that that's, like, the entirety of, of someone. I'll, I'll share this quote. You, you, how many of you guys know Rich Mullins? You guys know Rich Mullins? wrote that song, Or God is an Awesome God. He has this movie on Netflix. You should watch it. And there's a quote at the beginning of that movie. The interns watched that movie with me, so shout out. Um, he says at that, that movie that I'm convinced now that the, the only question that God will ask me when I get to heaven is, did you believe that I loved you? And I, and I really believe, uh, I didn't really agree with that theologically or understand what he was saying there, but that really is the truth. Is what we grow in is the ability to receive that love from God you 're just loved, some of the most mature Christians I know they, they just walk around every day and they 're actually free from fear they 're actually free from worry. they have confidence that they 're just loved by God that 's their state of mind i 'm loved by God it 's simple it 's almost too simple, you know like it, and, and that 's the other side of the coin in my own personal struggles. sometimes it, it really is too simple sometimes i 'm saying, "Hold, hold on. What about all my religious acts? <laughs> Well, hang on a second here. You know, what does that mean? Like, what, what what does that mean if I if I've done so much more than this next person? You know, Jesus tells that parable about some people are hired to work in the vineyard all day, and some people get hired with one hour left in the day, and they're both paid the same wages. So the people that worked all day are like, "Hey, wait a second! I worked all day. What do you mean this guy that got ha- hired an hour ago is getting paid the same wage?" He's and that that's just been my own personal struggle is receiving that love sometimes is is a death of your pride receiving that love is sometimes the death of your pride it's it's just humbly receiving it i need this i'm loved by god um so again take these sheets home dwell on think about who jesus has made you who this new creation that you are that you're full of the holy spirit it, it i'm going to give you a few more examples cuz it's just it's so mind-blowing. Like, we're these sacks of flesh, you know, we're these humans on, like, this rock in this tiny universe. And for some reason, God embodied and subjected himself to human limitations and went through brutal human torture just to redeem us to that relationship with him. Like, we've got to get to know that we're loved. You've, like, that. there's a way in which that, for me, that just has to break through and go a little bit deeper. Sometimes that means humility. Sometimes that means, like, focusing on this, making sure that my eyes are on him, and being secure in the fact that what's dead and what's been crucified with Christ is dead, and he really wanted me to be free from that, that I don't need to keep looking at that corpse that's been crucified with Christ, my old ways, all my sin, it's washed clean. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. First John 3, verse 1. For he himself bore our sins in his body on that cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Isaiah 1:18. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And let me speak to that for just a minute. Sometimes that's the question in our mind, especially for myself and, and, and people that are kind of early on in faith. Like it can't be that simple. Like if I'm just free from sin, why don't I just go back to sin? But it's a fundamental misunderstanding of something. Like if Jesus frees you from a bear trap and you're like, oh, I'm free from the bear trap. I can go back in the bear trap now. Like Jesus, it's incompatible. You know, like Jesus frees you from something that traps you. Like free, sometimes we think freedom means like this entitlement to be able to do whatever we want. And you have free will, you can do whatever you want, but sin's going to ensnare you. You know, we're, we're free from sin that enslaved us. That was, again, in that Romans 6, that Romans 6 verse, that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. If, if you're enslaved this morning, if you know that you're controlled by fear, you're controlled by habits, you're controlled by something, the whole reason that Jesus rose again and lives in us Christians is to spread the news that you can be free, that you can, be, that you can find fulfillment and peace that passes understanding. I could go on all day with these verses, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. You're co-workers with God. You're, you're heirs. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Our life is hidden in Christ. It's, our, it's this new life you're born into. It's, it transcends human limitations. You don't just die when you're 100 and that's it. Like The life you've been given is eternal life and that begins here on earth. That's what we talked about last week. Like, There's something that that I'm just missing there. Like if if you think about it, right? I'm I'm an heir with Christ. I'm an heir to to, to eternal life with the God who created us. Like, is anybody else on the same page where it's just like it kind of something about that doesn't break through? You know what I mean? Like if the words are true, it's like you almost think there's something more here that I'm kind of missing. You know? Um so I I think I'm gonna I, I think I'm gonna pray. I think that's what I'm gonna do. Um, all I know is that we need to be, I I personally, I'll just share for myself, because this is just, again, what God's showing me, is that I need, I just need to be transformed. I need to let myself be loved. I need to stop having all these butts and worrying about my religious acts, about how I compare to other people, about how long I've been working in the vineyard, and when other people are going to be hired. I just need to let myself be loved and to be free, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this gray area of what's been done in Christ. I need that to be firm. I need to like, here's a challenge. Even if, even if this isn't like tugging your, your strings, this, like your heart strings this morning, what's a heart string? Um, even if this isn't hitting home with you, just look at these verses and ask yourself like, yes, I understand that they're written in the Bible and maybe you logically understand that this is what God is saying, but do you live like you believe it? That's what I'm asking, like, do I live like I believe that I've been made clean and I'm holy and blameless before God? And he doesn't even remember all the stuff that, that's interfering with that. That as I'm walking as a child and when I stumble and he's parenting me and showing me new ways, if I, if, if I sin, I turn to him and he makes me clean again. He's, it's, it's, I'm learning to walk. I'll share a verse from, from 1 John chapter 2. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If you, if you sin, if you mess up on this new life you're walking, you have, Jesus Christ is interceding on your behalf. If he wanted so badly to, to, to restore you to, to, as his son and as his daughter, and you see the passion in which he did it, like the suffering he went through on the cross and that whole thing was to restore you to your purpose. If he went through all that, why do I doubt that, he would, that he's willing to forgive me and show me a new way when I, when I mess up again? Like, it's, it's Romans 8. <laughs> Keep flipping. <clears throat> what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I need to be confident in that. If he gave up his son, if he went through what he did for the sake of restoring me, for the sake of his love for me, why am I so unconfident about the fact that he would graciously give me all things in this new life that I walk now that I've been called a son? How many of you guys know the story of the prodigal son? Show me. Yeah, nice. Um, The prodigal son was still a son. Even when he was off doing all the wrong stuff, he was received back as a son. He wasn't, it wasn't in question. The father was looking for him and ran down from the porch as soon as he came back. He was always a son. You haven't gone too far. You're, you, you were created for this relationship with God to be a son and a daughter of God. He doesn't look at you any different now that you're in this new life, even if you stumble. He's, at, he's an advocate. He's interceding for you. He's, he longs for you to dwell in the freedom of fear and peace to truly know what it means to be a son and a daughter of God. Read, the, read this page. Um, all right, so I think I'm going to pray. I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I, I'm, I think we're going to pray. Um, maybe we can... Uh, if, this is, if, like, if you're on the same page as me and you know that this isn't secure... If if and I'm standing too, like I, I really mean this. I'm not teaching like someone who's got it all figured out, okay? If you're on the same page as me and, and, and you know that this isn't secure, would you can we pray for you? Would you would you be brave to just stand up? Can we just we're we're a family here, okay? Like it's there's there's power in in asking God to transform us by the renewing of our minds, to transform us to 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 just help this break through, help us to know and believe that we're sons and daughters of God. If this is if there's something that you know that needs to break through at a little bit of a deeper level, would you would you be brave and, and just and just stand? Yeah, thank you for doing that. That's awesome. Hmm. God, we we need you. We need to see who you really are. We need to see your heart towards us and have confidence in what you've done, and confidence in your love for us, so that we're not constantly afraid, and we're not constantly just worried that we're going to mess this up, that we've got this conditional acceptance. Let us dwell in perfect peace. Let us dwell and wake up each day knowing that we're loved. God, we need your transformation. We need to be transformed by your spirit. Would you reveal this to your word in us in a way that just makes it secure? Would you root us in a deeper way? to know and so that we would identify as a new creation in Christ and have confidence as we live this life with you, as we go forward each day in your love that just speaks so much louder, your perfect love that casts out fear. Would you cast out fear in us, Father? Would you do your work even this morning by the work of your spirit? Would you just change us? We come to you needing help. We surrender. We thank you, Father, that you do not Want to see your kids controlled by this fear. We thank you for your heart for us and we pray that you'd change us. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen.